Welcome to another episode of Aliyah Money Talks. I'm thrilled today to have a dear friend, someone who I worked closely with, uh, Ami Steinberger, the CEO of Opan Linyan, uh, an Opan that serves hundreds, thousands of o- Olim. Um, Ami, why don't you start us off telling us about yourself and uh, your Aliyah journey? Okay, so first of all, I'm thrilled to be here as well, Aaron. This is, this is awesome. I'm so proud of you, <laughs> what you're doing. Uh, you're doing great, great stuff out there, giving information. Appreciate it. Uh, making information available in a way that's 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 accessible to Olim, which is just not been the case until now. And here you are making it happen. Um, that's so cool. Um, that's the goal. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay. So my Aliyah journey. Um, my father's Israeli, so I grew up in a very not so. I mean, he is very Zionistic, so. Like, although I was growing up in LA, he, he made sure that Israel is very much in our minds and planned to move back there as soon as, as soon as, as soon as, as soon as, like he married my mom and they were going to move back then, but that didn't happen. And then I was born and then my brother was born and my sister, but make a long story short, I was 14. We made Aliyah from LA uh, to Ranana and uh, we, we left, we came back to LA after a year, but during that year, uh, I developed a zika, uh, zika, like a, an affinity, like a like a yeah. like a like throwing Hebrew words. Right. <laughs> Just to keep no, uh, uh, like a sense of connection to Israel, especially it was Yom Zikaron, which was we came in the summer, so this is well into the year, and they took us to the military cemetery in Ranana. And then all of a sudden there's the moment of silence. There's the, there's the, there's the siren and everybody's quiet. And then, so that itself was a moment of like reflection of the past seven, eight months that I'd been in Israel, kind of letting it all sink in. And then they shot, they shot rifles, whatever in the air, probably blanks. (laughs) Uh, And it dawned on me what Israel is all about, like the history of the Jewish people and the future of the Jewish people and the present is all wrapped up right here. And I decided right then that I want to be part of it. So, so we left a few months later back to LA, but in, I was already, I was already dreaming and planning back here. coming back here. <laughs> yeah. So that's my. Let's fast forward a little bit. Tell tell me why did you decide to start in Opan? How did that kind of idea come to you? So one, I wanted to start in Opan because I saw there was a need. I wanted to start a business because I wanted to be independent. I didn't want to work for bosses. It just didn't work. But, um, but I saw that there was a need for a conversational Hebrew program that the traditional pun would take people so far. Some people would really swim and they become fluent and be great. And a lot of people, it just wasn't working for them. So I saw a need for a conversational program, something that, that would make it to facilitate the Hebrew language, the Hebrew learning process for Olim, for people living here, people who want to live here, uh, interested in Hebrew. And I was familiar with a language learning program as a hobby. I, I started learning different languages, uh, Pimsleur, and I saw the potential there. So I started writing lessons based on Pimsleur, uh, based on the Pimsleur method. And, and that kind of got you into the, uh, Really trying to, to, to meet a need and, 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 and get going with, with conversational style Hebrew in, in Israel. And that, 
that's pretty cool. So if we jump ahead and we start at the end here, uh, you know, of this journey before we get into kind of the details and, and try and learn from your experience and the challenges you, you met along the way, you know, how, I mean, if you look at Opan Lenyan now, it's, it's a big company. Uh, like you said, you started as a one man show. Uh, and now you've got multiple headquarters. You've got you're in Tel Aviv and Yerushalayim, and you're you're you've got online classes all over Israel. People in America that are preparing to make Aliyah. Um, you know, kind of talk about how you went from a one man show to to an operation that serves only all over Israel. Okay, so I suppose it's about networking and connections. Not networking in the sense of going to a party and hanging out, but because that's just not me. <laughs> but um, but let's say the first course was in my apartment in Katamun, and I had four people there. And then I called up AACI and said, hey, I've got this uh, this idea. And they said, we'd like to hear about it. So I went in and presented it to them, connected with them. And so the second course, instead of being four people, it was two groups of eight. So so connecting with AACI was, was really important. And then there was uh, later on one of the teachers that I'd hired was telling me, hey, this is too much for you to do for yourself. I want to create myself a position. And and and, uh, and I said, hey, that's actually a good idea. So basically, to make a long story short, it's about collaborating. It's about a team. Uh, I needed, uh, in order to grow, I needed other people to uh, to uh, to help out and to, uh, to do the things that I was less good at. They would be better at. Um, I've had yeah. a great team that has evolved and changed over the years. Aaron, you've been part of that team, uh, and an essential part of that team for a couple of years. What was it? Three it was years? A lot of fun. Yeah. 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 Three years. It's a lot of fun. Yeah. yeah. It's great. And, and Rena, who's been on the show before. Right. Another, another show member. So, so let's rewind. Let's get, let's get back to the beginning. You're starting off, off this business. You want to start teaching Hebrew and you've got this new method. You've got, uh, something you think really belongs in the marketplace. How do you? How did you start? What did? What are the challenges you kind of ran along the way on a technical level? Somebody, you know, how, what kind of insight can you give to somebody who's looking to start their business uh, in Israel and is like, oh man, where do I begin? Where, where do I begin? Okay, so, the, so I began by going to. Well, I needed to make it official, so so I went to uh, I went to Masach Nasa, which is yeah income tax, but it's the tax. It's the nickname for the tax authority in Israel um, to open a tick, to open a file. And that took about 45 minutes in and out. By the time I left, I had uh, what's called a Mosek Patul, which is, uh, which is somebody who's uh, licensed to do business, but is exempt from VAT, which was really cool until I hit the, uh, the income, which made me an Osek Moshe, which is... Uh, which is somebody who's doing business and is licensed to do business and pays VAT. So there's a certain amount of money. And then once you pass that, you have to start paying and people want to avoid that. Um, one mistake I made was I didn't really know how to file things. I kind of like to do things on my own and not ask for help. And then uh, I ended up, uh, uh, they called me in and they said, you owe this. And I argued and da, da, da. Um, but basically get a bookkeeper <laughs> if you don't know how to do it yourself. So that's your, yeah. So that's your, mm -hmm. I guess your key. Don't do that. Don't do that moment is, is you tell people from the get go, you know, kind of get some bookkeeping help, get an accounting help. Taxes can be yeah. really complex and confusing. Yeah. And it doesn't have to be a big expense. Like you sometimes, like I, I went to 
to meet with uh, different bookkeepers and, and uh, accountants. And, and as soon as they said, have a seat, I'll give you a cup of coffee, I already knew the price doubled from what I plan to spend. So it doesn't have to be very expensive. There are people who, who, who have a very slim operation and they can charge uh, not very much. So you know, don't be scared of that. Start small, starting small. Stop. Yeah. So as an entrepreneur, you know, you have to wear so many hats. You've got to be on top of cash flow, which is a, which is a really big challenge. You've got to deal with taxes and marketing, day-to-day operations, HR, you know, every, every person you hire is, is a person who needs, needs attention and, and has different needs and has different uh, uh, responsibilities and, and, and you need to address those. What are, I guess, some tips you have for, for managing it all, managing all the different uh, angles that an entrepreneur has to be concerned with? So I guess that, that really depends on at what stage of the business the entrepreneur is at. Like in the beginning, I was doing everything. Uh, there were things I should have been delegating, but, <laughs> but, uh, but basically in the beginning, it's, I was doing everything. Um, and now it's all about delegating. Like uh, as I was going on, it was really all about delegating. It's about finding the people who, who could do the things that the things that were my shortcomings. I needed people to make up for those shortcomings. So if marketing wasn't my thing, then I hired somebody to do marketing. Yeah. Um, and if operations, it, it, things grow, so they need more, 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 uh, more, more day-to-day experts. management. Yeah. Day-to-day management of those particular areas. And that, I think that's the way to, that's the way to do it in my, in my experience. Yeah. Kind of, kind of, you know, figure out what, what the weak points are and, and delegate that as you grow and as you have the ability to, to do that, you know, bring people in that are going to fill that need and, and push those areas forward. Um, exactly. But yeah, got it. So let's talk Hebrew since, you know, that's, that's your expertise for sure. Um, you know, one of the things I, I, I love about what you've done with Opandinyan is, is you've built this, this video, uh, and, and, and daily, you know, talk about consistency. You built this daily, uh, dose of Hebrew where you send out almost 10 years now you've been doing this even more, uh, more than uh, things. Yeah, which is incredible. Ten years you've been sending out every single day, basically. Uh, you know, a dose, a small little dose, just to just to to get a little bit of piece of Hebrew, which is which is really really fantastic and an amazing free tool for for Olim and people who are preparing for Aliyah. So, I guess when we talk about money and, and Hebrew, one and by far one of the most you know best ways to save money in Israel is to negotiate. Everything is negotiable. Uh, it, it frustrates Americans for sure and, and, and other Olim to no end that you have to go in and negotiate everything. But the fact is everything is negotiable and you can really save a lot of money by negotiating. So how would you, you know, what kind of tips would you give to Olim uh, as far as preparing to to negotiate and build their confidence around around uh, being being more confident in Hebrew? Okay, so, so you're asking about negotiating in Israel in general, and then specifically with Hebrew. Yeah, right. confidently, you know, in, in the language that, you know, they're going to need to to do that in. Yeah. Okay. So let's start with the language and then I'll go for the general tip. Um, so the way, the way we teach it based on the method is, is to place the learner into a real life scenario and have them learn to participate in that conversation. So for example, if we had a, a, uh, a lesson about negotiating or a series of lessons about negotiating, then we'd 
then we put the learner into a negotiation and have them participate, learn the different vocabulary over time and through spaced repetition, spaced uh, recall, they would learn, they would gain the confidence to carry out that negotiation, at least from a linguistic perspective. So, so without formal lessons, what I would recommend is to take a scenario, translate it to Hebrew, and then hash it out with a friend a few times. Put yourself, put yourself in the situation and, and maybe different possible outcomes of the negotiation, predicting those and participating in those in Hebrew, and then, uh, and then going out, it, you'll be armed for plenty for, of, uh, you do it. so another thing is to be ready for surprises in Hebrew. That's called baltamim, bilti mitzupe. Bilti mitzupe means not predicted things that are going to just come up, uh, variables, unknowns. That's, that's what living in Israel is all about. It's about being prepared for baltamim. Um, yeah. and another thing that's really, really important in negotiations is not to take no for an answer. Isra Israelis, especially the government says no. And the expectation <laughs> is that we push until we get a yes or somewhere in the middle. So never take no for an answer in Israel Yeah, in a negotiation, keep moving until you find the no is, no is just the opening hand. Yeah, uh, exactly. Yeah, it's the, sure. it's the Russian niet. It's the, it's the Soviet <laughs> kind of socialist style. Yeah, uh, don't, sure. don't be afraid of that. Yeah. So Aliyah is reaching you know record levels, and you speak to so many different olim uh, you know on a weekly level, and, and so many different olim are coming through upon the inyan. What are some tips that you have seen that, that that can lead to a smoother transition when you know people right off the plane and right off the uh, you know they land in Israel and uh, what? You've mentioned some good tips already, but give us give us a few more as far as a you know a smoother transition getting into into life in Israel. I think one one major tip, which which has uh, other tips built into it, is 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 about expectations. I think it's about coming in with not to not to come in with low expectations. It's not a matter of low or high. It's it's to come in expe not expecting it to be the same as as one's comfort zone. Right. Let's say I grew up in LA, so I might come into Israel expecting people to expecting customer service to be like it is in LA, and it's not. And it's not because Israelis are mean; it's because they're direct, and they're just not. <laughs> they just don't. They they don't play up the the positive too much. They they're they're just natural and authentic in the way they they communicate. So so one tip would be uh, coming with the expectation that it's going to be different from what I'm experienced in what I've experienced abroad awesome. in the States, for example, and embracing that and saying, that's cool. And that's new. And I'm going to learn from it. And I'm going to, it's good. I'm going to grow from that. And maybe they'll grow from, from my encounter and get the encounter with me as well. That's one thing. Uh, other expectations to maybe to, to put aside is uh, to come in with a luxurious, to, to expect, they say, how do you make a large fortune in Israel or a small fortune in Israel? You come with a large fortune, mm -hmm. something like that, right? Yeah. So uh, not to expect the same yeah. standard of living. What? Right. Right. Not to expect the, the same standard and to expect things to be really, really different. And then you got to adjust and plan for it. Yeah. But to expect or rather to hope for and to try to build a higher quality of life, like where, where life itself means becomes more meaningful perhaps right. for living here 
even though the, the house may be smaller and the car may not be Ferrari or BMW or whatever. Right. Every day can, can, can be so impactful here. And, and just the experiences you have on the bus experiences you have talking to fellow Liam who, you know, dropped everything and, and, and faced all kinds of different challenges to come here and, and to come home. And it's, it's really, it's really awesome to be a part of that. I think. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah totally. Uh, great. Well, I mean, this has been super helpful and I really, really enjoyed uh, your tips and your, your ideas. Can you tell us more about where we can follow you and where we can see more of your, uh, your great stuff? Sure. I technically have a Twitter account, but I don't <laughs> use it. It may have some automation going. Whatever automations I have or whatever web presence I have is basically the Daily Dose of Hebrew. Yeah. So the best way to follow me is to sign up for the Daily Dose. You can get it on email. Can, uh, we may be doing WhatsApp soon. Oh, probably going to be doing WhatsApp and send it over WhatsApp. Awesome. Um, so yeah, just go to lupon.com and look for, yeah, for the free section. I'll, I'll, I'll share a link for, for the daily dose, uh, with the video and, uh, really appreciate you taking the time on me. Thanks for, thanks for being on the show. Have a wonderful Pleasure. day. Thanks so much, Aaron. All right. You too. Have a great day.